episode of Dopey is brought to you by our friends at Aloe Recovery, located in sunny Southern California, out in Malibu and Silver Lake. Aloe was created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friends, Evan, Jared, and Bob, to create a place where addicts and alcoholics are treated with connection and compassion rather than control. The staff has decades and decades and decades of experience in treating addicts and alcoholics with co-occurring mental health disorders, including severe mental illness. They make sure your detox is as comfortable as possible, which is so important if you're kicking heroin or crack or meth or benzos or alcohol, whatever you're kicking, you want your detox to be comfortable. They have amenities you wouldn't believe from sound bath meditation to the incredibly spiritual and potentially transformative sweat lodge to surfing and equine therapy. If you're fucked and you have nowhere else to go and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California to get help, I highly recommend going to Aloe. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our good friends at Soberlink. Somebody cares about your recovery. Unfortunately, relapse is so common, especially when it comes to alcohol, because it is widely available and highly prevalent in many social settings. That's why having true accountability and a deterrent from drinking is so important to staying sober. Soberlink has been empowering and helping people with alcohol use disorder since 2011 and is trusted by hundreds of treatment facilities. The Soberlink system consists of a portable handheld device that documents proof of sobriety in real time, keeping you connected to your family, friends, sponsor, treatment professional, recovery coach, or anyone else who worries about your well-being. As an exclusive offer to all Dopey listeners, email info at Soberlink.com and mention Dopey, that's D-O-P-E-Y, for 50 bucks off your device. Do it for that someone who cares. That's Soberlink.com. It's an amazing tool in keeping you off the sauce. Evolution Accounting and Consulting is a full-service accounting firm that can help with your taxes, 
bookkeeping, payroll, and almost any other business need you have. Thanks to technology, they work with people from all over the country and pride themselves on building exceptionally strong relationships with their clients. They say that their passion allows you to pursue yours because they understand the stress caused by worrying about taxes and accounting issues. When you allow them to take this off your plate, you'll be freed up to focus on what you love to do. And perhaps more than anything else, the firm is run by a fucking crackhead. Fortunately, he's been in recovery for years now and knows the struggle as well as the success. Use promo code DOPEY when you connect with them at www.evolution-accounting.com to receive special discounts. Trust the crackhead. Trust your taxes and accounting to the crackheads at evolution-accounting.com. Before we do the show today, I just want to mention Dopey Patreon. Dopey Patreon is a way to help me make the show as a living. So go to www.patreon.com slash dopeypodcast. Kick down a few bucks if you love the show. It'll make my life easier. It'll make the show easier to make. You will get more Dopey. Go to uh, www.patreon.com slash dopeypodcast. I'm trying to do this for a living. Right, Ray? Yeah, I joined. Even Ray joined. (laughs) I had to join. All right, enough with the ads. Quick warning before we start the show. This show is more sexually explicit than usual, more graphic, borderline X-rated. So I don't recommend listening around your children. But then again, I never recommend listening to Dopey around your children. Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name is Dave, and I'm joined by Zoom and phone by the great Ray Brown. Welcome back to the show, Ray. Hi, Dave. How are you? How are you doing? I'm cold. It's cold in here. It's like the warmest day of the year so far. Beautiful. I know. Because it's warm, they turn the heat off. Well, Ray is wearing a mismatching plaid tam and a plaid tartan plaid work shirt with plaid ensemble with horn rimmed glasses and how are you today ray brown i'm good i just got i just got off a meeting that was in london and it was a very good meeting excellent so ray ray is trying to fill up the spiritual cup right to stay spiritual spiritually spry in this world of devils and bad stuff yeah you know i've been going to a lot of meetings and i i realized i was going to that one meeting a week and now i'm going to all these different ones i'm like there's a bunch of really cool meetings and they're all different and they don't all suck my meeting my meeting it's a lot of like higher power business you know what i mean and the other day this guy shared and he goes i know i know i owe everything to my higher power and I know that everything in this world is attributed to the higher power, except COVID. That's the <laughs> other guy. That's the lower power. And you know who I'm talking about, the lower power. So, like, that's interesting when you get to a 12-step meeting and people are prophesizing that the devil 
created COVID. The, the, the red horn devil. <laughs> Whereas God created everything else. I, I don't know. That's where it gets to weird places for me. But there's a lot of news in the Ray Brown world. What happened this week, Ray Brown? I fired my sponsor. Oh, my goodness. And um, was it the prodding and the hemming and the hawing and the fucking, you know, these fans telling you that your sponsor was no good that finally? No, I, no, I tried and tried to make it work. And then it was just like there was no going forward because, you know, he, we'd been doing nine months of uh, test writing for the fourth step. And then we finished. And he's like, OK, proceed. So I was writing every he wanted me to write every day, 12, uh, seven days a week for an hour. And then. I said, how long do I do this? Because I think I'm done after three weeks. And he's like, well, most people do a year and a half. I did two years. And I laughed. And then I was like, wait, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And then (laughs) that was like, you know, whatever, a week ago. And then he had me talk to the other guys. And then they tried to convince me to stay and you know, he didn't want me to have sex until I did the ninth step, which could be like maybe two years away. And then I, I you know, very politely said, I'm not going to go forward with this line of sponsorship. And he and said, he, and he said, and he was fine. Like, he was like, he was like, OK, bye. No, isn't <laughs> what he go. said, isn't what he said, maybe I don't have a good uh, understanding of the way the homosexual needs sex. Wasn't it something like that? There was there was some of that of like, well, gay men see sex as liberation and from years of oppression, and so maybe you're looking at a different worldview. And I, I was thinking, you know, I didn't say it, but I was thinking to myself, like, no, I just agreed to like do uh, celibacy until I reached the ninth step, but I just didn't know it was going to be for two more years. So, well, I can I can control myself, and uh, I. It wasn't about that for me. It wasn't like, I need to be sexually liberated because I'm a gay man who's been persecuted. Like, no, that that wasn't it. But then after, you know, last week on the show, you said you were on the fence. You get rid of your sponsors. And then all of a sudden, it's the summer of love last week. Fucking how, (laughs) what happened last week? The floodgates opened up. I went crazy. I went crazy on Scruff. (laughs) 40 men a day. What did you do? I wrote to a lot of people and I got very titillated by their responses. And, and I like COVID because it's like you can just write to people and write a bunch of shit. And then they're going like, let's hook up right now. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything until I get the vaccine. So you can like that would be kind of weird to do if it wasn't for that. But I also realized after I got rid of him, my sponsor, I was like, I was in a fucking cult. I think it was like a lot of like culty stuff of like, oh, this Anyway, I'm glad to be out of that. You were in a cult within a cult, but when you got rid of your sponsor, the exhibitionist in you came out to play. And I will quote you, as soon as I get the vaccine, I'm going on a straight pepper diet. And then you posted, then what is a straight pepper diet? That's from the big book where it says, uh, oh, right, 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 right. We will not try to dictate anyone's sex life. Some people like a straight pepper diet, which means like spicy, and then some people like all vanilla or whatever it was, milk toast. I thought the pepper was like the blackness of the asshole. But now I'm going to read the <laughs> no, text like thread. Jalapeno peppers. Ray texting with some random guy on Scruff. 
Oh, don't read that. Oh, definitely. As soon you posted this on Facebook. As soon as I get the vaccine, I'll feed you some cock. And he said, "Please do." When is that? And Ray says, "Soon, May." And the guy, probably a police officer in Brooklyn, says, "Great, need it." And that's when Ray says, "I'm going to use your mouth like a pussy if I, you no, want." I, no, that's not. I said, "I'm going to use your mouth," and he wrote back, "Like a pussy if you want." Well, basically, you said, "I'm going to use your mouth." Implied yeah. like a heterosexual uses a pussy. Yeah. So and Ray, this, you know, this is then, this is what we might call out of pocket. Your shit is all over the place. This is <laughs> do you, do you when you well, post something? Hold up, hold up. When you post something like this, do you have a feeling of regret at all? No, but this is also. I think it's all talk. Although this guy is super hot. And I made him, just to verify that he's actually himself, I made him send me a picture of himself flashing a peace sign because um, I thought he stole these pictures from someone. But, no, I didn't have regret about that. And it, I, it might be all talk. I don't know. So hold up. But you're planning on using his mouth as a pussy, as a straight man uses a pussy. But wait a second. Before we even get there, you had him show the peace sign because that means you can tell that the but, – but, you could tell that the picture was authentic, right? Yeah, yeah. He people just screen capture photos of hot guys and then send them out as themselves, and it's not them. But how many, like, you know, like how many, like, normal, like, hot guys have like peace sign pictures on the internet? He could have taken one. You should have gotten like a picture of him. No, like, he no, he did it having the same person it within ten seconds. I'm like, do it now. So your peace sign verification worked. Come yeah. May, once you're vaccinated, you're going to use his mouth like a straight man uses a pussy. Hopefully, he wants me to. He wants me to mouth fuck him. That's his thing. What we need is a new sponsor for Ray because Ray. Because I'm worried. Okay. I need. A, I need a like sex positive sponsor. What you need is an SLA sponsor. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you need to get to SLA, and you need to get that there quick. That meeting I was at, which was an AA meeting, had a guy who said, uh, I just want to share, I have one month, I mean, I have one year anniversary free from sex and love. And I thought that sounded weird, like a year free from sex and love. Well, that sounded like prison. I, I, I mean, it sounded like prison to you, but a year free from love sounds like a very sad year because love is everything, right? Yeah, yeah. He said, I'm, an, I'm with SLA and I have a year from from sex and love but the deal is it's like and um and i'm just making fun of you ray because it's funny i know but you, you do a lot well using uh the guy's mouth like a, <laughs> a stray man uses a pussy is something i can i can live off that line for weeks but that's not the point <laughs> the point is that like you know spiritual fitness you know like i i had a revelation this week that i'm not spiritually fit I, I, I like, um, you know, I had been redoing my fourth step and I went to meet my sponsor and I'm going over resentments with my sponsor. And it was like, I resent X, uh, because it makes me feel like this. And I resent this one because it makes me feel like that. And my sponsor was just like me, 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 you're just self-centered and self-seeking and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and he's right. And, and, you know, I really felt self-seeking uh when i'm on social media 
when I'm actually seeking what people say about me. It's like the ultimate easy version of self-seeking because I'm seeking myself in other people's minds. And, um, and I think this kind of stuff, like, I mean, I get embarrassed if I write a tweet and only five people like it. So the fact that you can live with, uh, I want to use your mouth like a straight man uses a pussy. It means that, you know, I, I, I really respect that about you, right? You're not worried to put it out there. And I, I get very like insecure about stuff like that. You've, you've mentioned that before that if you don't get enough, uh, like she'll take something down because it's embarrassing. Well, I want to know more about why you don't feel shame about putting in public that. What was the rea- I didn't read the comments. When you say I'm going to use your mouth like a pussy, what did the dopey nation respond with? Uh, you're so hot. Like, use my mouth like a pussy. <laughs> no, they were like Ray's Ray's uh, text game is strong, and somebody said that escalated quickly and. I don't know. Ray, it, was a little, it was a little over the top. Ray, can you come over with some Viagra and 69 me? I'm a fireman. I'm an EMT worker. Um, it, it is crazy what people will write to a complete stranger 30 seconds after having contacted them. God bless it. You know, I, I, I have to say I love that kind of stuff. I think it is great. I worry. I don't worry about you with that stuff. I, I think that stuff is great. But I also I know that it's also self-seeking. You know what I mean? It's well, it's it's kind of like putting a post on Facebook and wanting likes because it's like I did like write to thirty like handsome young men and go, "You're very handsome," and then they write back, and then boom, it's it's off. And it's like it is like we're like filling the god shape hole or whatever. It's like it's you, you're trying to uh, yeah, you're trying to fill that hole. When I when I before <laughs> I got so back, speak. you're trying to fill every hole at once. If you can, when I, when oh, yeah, I when, yeah, go ahead, when I was single, I, I did the same thing on, so on uh dating apps and I would like, just write, Hey, 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 Hey. And like, it's like, a, it's like, it's like being a fisherman and throwing a bunch of lines in the water. And it's, that's, yeah, that's exactly it. But it's crazy. I mean, it's, I also like, I think that it is another piece of addiction. It is self-seeking, you know? And, um, it's something that will fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like, like the pepper diet thing. I, I mean, it's like I want to be spiritually fit and I don't particularly want to do the work. And like I find myself getting sick when I'm on social media because like there, there's nothing good is going to come from it. You know, like it, it's like I find it very dead, like very like just bleh. and uh, And well, yet that, I still do it. That's one thing that my sponsor – suggested i not post anything on facebook and i haven't i've posted like two things on facebook which i ran by him before i did like in the last eight months and that feels really good to like just go like i don't post on facebook anymore so i don't have any of that drama you're so you're so fucking full of shit though it's like i don't know how you live with yourself i post on dopey facebook it's like you're a fucking orthodox jew saying that you're not going to do this unless you paint the chalk around the neighborhood how do you just post it on facebook that you want right. to use his cock like a fucking that's on dopey nation it's on facebook ray that's facebook <laughs> it's not facebook to me it is this is the crazy fucking constitutionally out of touch shit Am I right or how do you say you just said that you don't post crazy shit on Facebook in the wake of the fact that you wanted to use his mouth like a straight man uses a pussy <laughs> on Facebook? 
to me, like Facebook and Dopey Nation are totally separate things. Well, I want to tell you something. Facebook and Dopey Nation are totally separate things, unless you're talking about the Dopey Nation group that's on Facebook. Then it's the same thing because you're on Facebook. Well, I haven't posted anything on main Facebook. I'm not. I, I'm going to leave it alone because I don't want to beat the dead horse. Um, I was, uh, I was like doing work the other day, and uh, my phone starts blowing up from Aurora, and yeah. uh, Aurora writes, "Oh my God, Dave, did you see what happened to Tiger Woods?" And I was like, I, "No, you know, I don't know what happened to Tiger Woods." So I, I Google it, and then Tiger Woods got into a big car accident and he broke his legs, and I was like, I called up Aurora. I was like. Why do you think I would care that Tiger Woods got into a car accident? And she goes, well, isn't the Dopey logo Tiger Woods' head? Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, no, the Dopey logo isn't <laughs> Tiger Woods' head. But she believed that it was. Lots of people – that was the first Dopey meme. Somebody put up a, a picture of Tiger Woods all fucked up and said it was the Dopey head. But the Dopey head is not Tiger Woods. Did oh. you think the Dopey head was Tiger Woods? I've seen the real dopey head. It's amazing that it's like an anonymous man on the train. It's weird to see the video. I know. The real guy. That he has no idea. Well, maybe he does. Maybe he's in the dopey nation. Maybe, maybe. maybe he's the guy that wants to be the mouth for your cock to fuck <laughs> like a pussy. Maybe it's him. <laughs> maybe. I don't think so. I don't know how I'm going to let go of that, Ray. Jesus Christ, it's ridiculous. Um, that's going to be in my head the way Br'er Brown's dopey anthem is in my head. Don't let – no, get that out of your head now. What, to use use your mouth like <laughs> – Dopey, dope, 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 dopey, dope. So out of every dopey anthem in, in perpetuity, there have been so many dopey songs, including yours – this dopey dopey podcast that's coming in your ears. I'll use your mouth like a straight man uses a pussy in the rear. But even even Brer's other song, this song topped every song he's he's and he's done a lot of them. Yeah, man, I swear to God, when I feel bad, when I feel bad, the thing that perks me up is ding ding da ding ding a ding a ding 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 dope dopey 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 dopey. Dopey, dope, dopey, dopey, dopey. Dope, I'm dope. driving. I'm driving home with Susan, and she says, "Daddy, let's listen to music." And I said, "Okay." And I hit it, and the dope, dopey, 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 dope comes on, and she goes, "No, Daddy, I don't like this song." And I was like, "Are you crazy? This is the greatest song ever." Um, and she didn't want to listen to the dope, dopey, dopey. But I, if I feel down. I put it on. And guess what song I started today's episode with? Dope, dopey, 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 dopey. Exactly. By Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. It's amazing. Amazing. If, if Br'er's wife is like outside the door hearing him recording these songs, she's like, my husband has lost his mind. <laughs> well, Br'er was always a, a very special guy. Amazing harmony master. Amazing guitar player. Prolific songwriter. Check him out on Bandcamp or SoundCloud. Yeah. Bandcamp under that, Br'er Brian. That last album he did with his wife, like that, is his best album ever. It's amazing. But his it's like a cabin in the cabin in the snow or something. It's amazing. Uh, but his new album is just chock full of dopey songs. 
They're all on he, there. He wait. He made an album of dopey songs. He made a record and he crammed a bunch of dopey songs into the record. Yes. Oh, I've been trying to record "Good So Bad" for like two weeks. I just can't get it. I can't get it right. I like your "Good I, So Bad." I don't think I'll ever put it out. So I am. I I think my spiritual low. Um, you know, in addition to my spiritual low, I was feeling incredibly out of shape and in a bad way. And I think I, you know, I've, I'm eight days into keto and I hate it, but I'm seeing results. I'm getting up an hour early every day and I'm back to my exercising. I've been praying. I've been meditating. I'm not on the all pepper diet. I'm very, very whatever out there. And, um, I'm feeling good. And I know, like, and I'm annoyed that it requires work. Like, that feeling good requires work. And... Please charge now. Fuck. What I feel like a sucker for saying how much I'm enjoying putting work into every aspect of my existence right now. It makes me that, feel that, like a that sucker. That makes no sense. It just makes me feel like a sucker, you know? But uh, but I really it doesn't I, make you feel proud of yourself or like good. It's a mix. I, I do, but I don't like to talk about it for some reason. I feel great. I feel great. I feel proud. I feel uh, inspired, invigorated. I feel good. I wish I could do that. You could do that, Ray. All you have to do is stop. Um, no, I'm not even going to say it again. Um, all stop. you. Stop eating the grilled cheese sandwich. That's what you were going to say. No, I was going to say stop posting about needing to use this guy's mouth like a pussy on Facebook. Start... <laughs> I did it once. That's not I wish I, I'm you thinking are... about going on a five-day water fast. You'll lose your fucking mind. What, yeah. a, what about a juice cleanse? I've done that before. I, I did that. I have a juicer upstate. It worked. I lost weight. Wow. You're eating grilled cheese. You're sitting at home watching YouTube all day. You're in a very sedentary life. You're, you know, you're, you're fucking reaching out to 50 guys at a time on scruff. You got to get out <laughs> I walked, there. I walked to the East Village yesterday. It about killed me. Wow. That, I mean, listen, I think that's important. That's an important piece of, of information. What it means is you got to start walking little. Yeah, like two, two miles and that like wore me out. So do one a day, and then the next week you do two. Uh, but the point is, like, I remember uh, way before we started making Dopey, and my dad went to pick me up at the rehab where I met Chris. And I don't think I ever told the story. When I was at the rehab, I, like, had a day pass or something. I think my dad took me out for a day or something. And I came home and they tested me and I tested positive for benzos and like, really? and I didn't take them, you know what I mean? Or no, I tested positive for opiates and I had like a poppy seed bagel. It like really happened to me, Yeah, which was terrifying. But well, they, we, we hear that a lot on Dopey Nation. People say, I honestly didn't take anything and I've tested positive. It's a terrifying thing, especially when you're used to, to lying, you know? Um, but I remember so well. When I left treatment the last time, and I wound up using again for years after that, but I remember how beaten up I was, and uh, you know, my older daughter was a baby, 
and I had like I had like pictures of her in the rehab on the wall and like and I knew that I was just the biggest fuck up in the world and my dad, you know, my 70 year old father, I think my mother had just died and my 70 something year old father, however old he was, comes out to the, you know, rural Connecticut to pick me this loser up um to come home and um I could not imagine ever having a good life or imagining that one day I would be talking about hard work or, you know, like doing this. Like it was like right. Push, doing pushups push, in your no pushups. I can imagine. I was always like, I always tried to get physically fit, but I never could have imagined like having a spiritual practice or being clean or like talking about it. Like it just seemed yeah. impossible. Or having a nice house. Yes, all of those things seemed impossible. And um and it's funny that like my baseline is to feel embarrassed about talking about it when I I am incredibly proud of it and I'm incredibly proud of um I'm incredibly proud of you. I'm incredibly proud of of Dopey Nation and I'm incredibly proud of everything we get to do. Even if you need to use some a strange man's <laughs> mouth the way a straight man might use a pussy. You know, even if that's true, I mean, I, I still feel like uh, very proud of, of everything we've accomplished. And, um, you know, that's all. And and everybody on Dopey Nation, or everybody in Dopey Nation, but well, we see it in uh, Dopey Nation Facebook because people will tell what's up in their lives. And, like, their lives were fucked up a few years ago, and now they're doing good. We see that all the time. Anybody that's doing well and, and everybody that looks out for each other is, like, it's just the coolest thing. And, um, you know, I hear from people like we talked about it last week, uh, when people say it's not dopey enough, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not, that's just nothing we can do about that. All we can do is keep going or we give two choices. We could, we have three choices. Maybe we have a multitude of choices, but we can keep going. We can quit. We can lie. We can get stuck in a rut or we could do what's natural, which is to, Keep going and talk about life and, and talk about uh, our existence, you know, like which is being an addict or an alcoholic trying to live their best life, you know. And if that means fucking a stranger's mouth like somebody fucks a pussy, <laughs> then so be it. Well, at least you're not talking about Viagra and 69 in a cop. Oh, there's nothing. I mean, I thought you washing your clothes in the shower was good. Wait, is this show for tomorrow, Friday tomorrow? Yeah, the show's for tomorrow. Wow. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to do the super special, super dopey one that I wasn't involved in. So no, that's going to take sure. a little bit of work. Okay, that's going to be a return to the to the roots of dopey next week on a very special dopey. But this week, <laughs> this week is this. This week, I had the honor and the privilege to talk to a pretty established woman. Uh, in Hollywood again, friend of the show, Kristen Johnston. Oh yeah, and um, I, I got to talk to her about your play that you like so much. It was so good. It was so much fun. But before we get to Kristen Johnston, I want to tell you guys about BetterHelp.com. What interferes with your happiness? Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? I have so many things that prevent me from achieving my goals, and I know that BetterHelp will assess my needs or your needs and match us with our own licensed professional therapist. 
You get to connect in a safe and private online environment, which is incredibly convenient. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling. You send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. This licensed professional counselor can help you with depression, stress, anxiety, sleeping issues, anger, family, LGBT matters. Everything you share obviously is confidential. I want you guys to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, dot com slash Dopey Podcast. Over 1 million people have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, better H-E-L-P dot com slash Dopey Podcast. It's 10% off. If you are thinking about getting therapy, go check out BetterHelp.com. Slash Dopey Podcast to save ten percent, and here and here we go with Kristen Johnston. How are you? So I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Pretty good. Um, good enough. It's snowstorm. Okay. Good enough is good enough is good. Me and my family went on a staycation to the Holiday Inn in Stony Brook last night. Oh my god! <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> like who in your family? Me, my wife, and my two daughters. Oh, my God. How cute. And one of my daughters has this huge resentment against you. Against me? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I started recording, by the way, without introducing you because this sounded sounded good to me. Um, Okay, good. Okay. so What did I do to your kid? Well, you did a lot of stuff. No, because you you direct messaged me on Twitter with, like, the kissy lips and the red heart. And she, she's like, who's Kristen Johnston? And I was like, oh, she's this very famous actress that I happen to be friends with. And, uh, and, and like... Oh, no. Oh, my God. Dude, the, when I did it the first time, the first time she saw it, it was just me and her, and I was helping her with her homework. And, and we were trying to set up a time for you to come on. And uh, I swear to you, she broke down crying. No. I, she broke down crying. And oh, then, no. Okay, I got to be careful with my emojis from now on. No, I love it. It made me feel very, very, <laughs> very sought after. I loved it. Amazing. So, yes, I'm going to introduce you properly now. On the phone okay. is very, very big time star. I think you might be the biggest time star we ever get to talk to. So it's a Well, big, that's sad. Yes, but it's a big honor either way. Sad or okay. not. Her name is Kristen Johnston. You might know her from Third Rock from the Sun. You might know her from Mom. You might know her from Hot Keys. How you like that? Hot Keys. Oh my god. <laughs> um, my my usual co-host, my very good friend Ray, uh, said that when Hot Keys was running, he went every night. Oh really? Oh my god! That was literally like one of the funnest things I ever did in my life. It ran for like a year. He said it changed his whole opinion of theater and stuff, which is awesome. Yeah. It was crazy. It was like midnight every Friday and Saturday at this in this theater in Chelsea at Naked Angels Theater. And there would be, for this midnight show, there would be lines around the block. I mean, it was crazy. It was like this this little moment in history, in New York City history, that was just fantastic. 
Right. It was like, such a blast. It's like a, a sort of Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of thing without, yeah. without the ba- bombast kind of thing. Right? Exactly. It was like a soap opera. So every week would be a new episode. You'd follow these crazy people's lives. I mean, it was definitely very gay-centric and uh, written and, and directed and uh, conceived by this crazy, brilliant actor and writer named Jeff Weiss. And uh, I played this woman named Vicky Scheisskopf, uh, who would basically m- – she was just a serial killer. I mean, she would kill every single person who pissed her off. And so it was like they waited for the point in the episode every week where someone would enrage me. And it was just really funny and great. And she was super tacky and obviously had some anger management issues. Of course. Scheisskopf. It's a good, like, weird Long Island, New York name, right? Well, it also means shithead in German, but, but yeah. yeah. Forgive my, yeah, forgive it was, my... It was pretty fun. I would, if I knew German, I could have really made a much better joke than, than my joke. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Ray, and Ray is very gay, and he said he had, he slept with some of the cast, which is the... Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. If you I know, mean, that was half the, half the fun of it. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and I, I, I'm very sorry that I, the news that mom got canceled. I know we just found out this week. It's such a bummer. You know, we've been told, I mean, it's been, the ratings are great. It's so weird, but you know, who knows why networks do things. There's a new, um, boss at CBS and I don't know, but, um, yeah, we've been told for like six months that they were going to do a two year pickup, uh, in January. And then they called us this week and they were like, nope. So, yeah, it's been a shocker. We're all really bummed. We just, I mean, I'm totally bummed because I love, love, love the show. I just think it's such an important show. And so, I mean, for me, it was the first time I ever saw recovery represented on television where it was like funny and fun and there was actual sex and positivity to it. Um, so I do think it's really changed the way people, you know, the stigma and the way people look at addiction and recovery, I hope. Um, but also above and beyond that, it's, it was a show about women of a certain age, which really isn't represented a lot on TV and about women's healthy friendships, you know? So I don't know, it's kind of sad, but we have a bunch more to shoot this year and we'll see what happens. You never know. Well, the, the truth is that when you came on the first time I had read your book guts, which I loved, Mm -hmm. and I basically talked about guts and third rock from the sun and getting sober and, uh, and after you came on, everyone was like, you're such a fucking idiot. Mom is this amazing <laughs> show about addiction and alcoholism and recovery and you didn't talk right. about it. And uh, right. so I watched a couple episodes of Mom and I just, I just watched one and I like, I like got like all verklempt. Like I got yeah. all emotional. Not I to know, mention me it's like because like, Dopey was not intended to break the stigma and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Dopey was intended to just have a laugh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and then it yeah, kind of yeah. became like it, we were breaking the stigma by having a good laugh. Well, see, this is what I felt like ever since I wrote Guts. Like the way to connect with fellow addicts and I think, you know, people not addicted is through humor. I mean, that's why I tried to be funny and gut, not tried. But I mean, I was like, let's just whip out some humor about this. And that's what they really get on mom. You know, the writers, they get that the way to connect with people is through funny. It's not about making fun of or trying to lighten the subject. It's just there's also a lot of hilarity in in getting sober I mean, and in addiction. I mean, there is some 
some value to that. So for me, it's like, you know, so many people think getting sober means sitting in a church basement with a bunch of old men, you know, whining about their heroin days. And I think at least mom shows that it's not that at all. Yeah, but even if it is getting in a church basement and whining with old men about their heroin days, that's funny. It can be really yes. funny when that <laughs> exactly. happens. And like I'm exactly. watching – I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not always so heavy. It's, right. You know, drug addiction is dark. Yeah. You know, it really is. But recovery is letting in the light. I mean that's what I think of it as. And it's slow and it's torturous and it can be a really bumpy ride. But eventually, if you can stick it out, there is some true uh, joy to be found. No, I mean, I, it blew my mind because I haven't I haven't watched sitcoms in a long time. Oh, like, God, who does? I mean, you know, it's a dying art form. But for I sure. loved sitcoms. Like I basically was raised yeah. by sitcoms. Like, oh, totally. And, yeah. and, and when I'm watching mom and they're making jokes about shooting horse and huffing bug spray. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, it's happening. It's a really mainstream addiction. And it, and also like, but why not? Like when so much of the yeah. population has someone in their family who's afflicted or like, oh, totally. or you watch a movie, it's there. Like it needs to make it into, into sitcoms. Well, a lot of people have said to me, you know, on social media, they say, you know, it's, it's another way of, uh, it's another meeting for them. You know, it's another way of them connecting to their recovery. And I totally understand that because just being on set for me, you know, rehearsing it, talking about it, joking about it keeps me connected to my recovery. You know, people are always like, does it trigger you? And I'm like, it's the opposite. Right. To me, it just keeps me connected to why I'm doing it. Well, it's very surreal for you to play somebody who says, hello, I'm an alcoholic. I'm Tammy. Or, oh, you for know. sure. Especially because like nine years ago, Guts came out, my book. And I remember how different it was even just nine years ago. Like the fact that I talk about something that happens near the end of the book, I talk about this AA meeting. I don't even mention the word AA. I call it a 12-step meeting. Right. And that where I tell the truth for the first time and it kind of changes my DNA. But anyway, so I talk about this in the book and people – Old timers from AA were so angry because I broke the covenant of, you know, never discuss this film, ta radio, TV, whatever. Yeah. That thing that they used to talk about too much, I think, um, you know, keeping it kind of quiet and secretive and shameful. But instead, so literally, I remember going to the screening of this movie right after Guts came out and it was a Q&A with the audience. And afterwards, I was signing my book and this woman came up to me and said, you know, I'm in AA and you talked about it and how dare you? And she spit in my face. No way. Literally. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, that's so, that's an effective way of carrying the message though, right? Right. Spitting in but your face. Now we have eight years later, we have a sitcom about it. You know what I mean? So to me, that's such a huge, giant leap forward in only a decade where it went from being this thing you couldn't talk about, you shouldn't talk about, no one should mention it to something where, I mean, literally every day I get hundreds of tweets about people like I went to my first AA meeting because of mom or because of your book or whatever, which I'm sure you get too. So it's like, I think it's been proven that we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Well, it's, it's, it's also good for us. It's, it's mm -hmm. our life. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like once you mm-hmm. get too disconnected from it, it's like the whole Holocaust thing. It's like if you yeah. forget, you can repeat yes. it kind of thing. And, exactly. Exactly. And I feel like when we talked last time, you had said you weren't doing too many meetings. Um, right. So so does this kind of thing keeps it green. It keeps it cultivated, right? Right. Well, also, you know, I, you know, first of all, what I said was, and this is still the truth, is I, I go with newcomers. Like, I have a lot of friends who could reach out to me or they say my niece or my cousin. Right. And so I will take them there. And obviously now with Zoom, I have a, you know, women's group. I connect with twice a week. But so I do go to meetings, you know, a lot less than I did at the beginning, but certainly now with the pandemic craziness, I was like, you know, it's really important. I think that I just check in a couple of times a week because, you know, it can get really isolating and weird right now. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's there when I need it kind of, you know, like a good therapist. Well, I think that's awesome. And I think that's, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's a program that's, I mean, I, I don't know why I had, maybe I just remembered it wrong, but, um, I, one other question I wanted to ask you when you were on before is what is it like to go to a meeting in person as a famous person? Well, the, the only time it ever bothered me was at first. And it, it was really, I felt, I still had so much shame about what I did during my addiction and I still felt so self-conscious that people would come up to me, and this was in New York when, where I get, when I, where I got sober and people would come up to me and like give me a script they had written and like just super awkward, like right. uncomfortable shit. And so it was, it was hard, but you know what? Nothing is harder than being in your addiction, like nothing. So right. like every time I was like, I never want to go back. I was like, I just can't, I can't use again. So whatever helps me not to use is what I'm going to do. And so I went, you know, every day for a year. No, I think that it wasn't that much fun, fun though. <laughs> no, and I'd be the weirdo who shows up with the script, and I'd be like, <laughs> I like, got to get my break. This is my chance. No, famous- well, let me clarify by saying now, if that happened, like I, it's a totally different animal. Like I don't care, and it's funny, and I, whatever. And everyone obviously knows that I'm in recovery, so it's nothing I'm ashamed of. But at that time, I was still really secretive about everything, and like I can't let anyone know, and I don't want the press to find out you know it was a lot of shame and secret still but also someone else should give you your space to let you recover you know what i mean it's like so and i i would be the person who who like is up in the famous person's grill at the meeting (laughs) could you come on dopey blah 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 (laughs) yeah maybe from now on you should wait till they've got like six months under their belt yeah i think that's i appreciate (laughs) that um i really do and um so it's been almost a year of this uh, of this quarantine COVID business in LA. It's mm-hmm. it's way worse. And mm-hmm. um, how has it been for you? Like, well, you know, I mean, obviously, I I have this I have the, up until May this great job. So uh, it's actually that's really helped. To be honest, we're really like there's tons of protocols and we have to wear the N95 masks and we're tested four times a week and all that. So it is definitely different. It's been a great, uh, you know, having some place to go and something to do and friends to see. It's been that's been really helpful for me. Um, so that's really helped me survive it. But uh, other than that, you know, sort of hunkering down, you know, I'm kind of like 
of the age where I don't mind it so much, <laughs> to be honest. Right. I mean, if I was like in my early 20s and this was happening, I'd be freaking, I'd be probably those, like those losers, like partying without a mask, you know? No, I feel the same way. I like love that I don't have to be around people all the time. You know? No, it's a treat. Exactly. It's a treat. Um, but then yeah. when you are around people, it's also a treat because you're like, oh, yes, I love people. I forgot. Oh, no. I know, like I'll I'll spend like an hour talking to the woman bagging my groceries. You know, I'm just so desperate for contact. No, I get it. <laughs> and like my gardener's like, can you just? I gotta do your yard. You know, like, like get away from me. Um, but uh, but you know, also it's so nice to just I don't know I I I, I don't mind hunkering down. I guess that happens when you're an old hag. Well, come on, my, my oh please, please ha- don't don't go there. Don't don't say such a thing. You're beautiful, beautiful, vivacious actress. Don't well, say. I hope your daughter's not around. Oh my! When I told her when I we were in the staycation at the Holiday Inn, and I said, "You know who I'm interviewing today, don't you?" And she oh, goes, no. "She goes who?" I said, "Kristen Johnson." She said, oh, "I I can't not go, you know." She's she she said, "I hate Kristen Johnson because she was scared you were gonna break up our oh, family." Oh my god! So I, I oh my god, that's hilarious. I know oh it's great. Um, what was I going to say? Um, you were saying something, and I had this whole great thing on my head, and it's gone. Oh, oh yeah, I'm no, sorry. no, don't. Be. It's it's living with the fact that mom got canceled. Like, how do you are you are you incredibly upset? How do you feel about it? Well, I feel like a lot of different things. You know, I mean, first of all, eight years is a long run for a show, so there's that. And I'm also, I'm trying to just focus on the fact that this amazing gift came my way. You know, it was such a fun show. And obviously, recovery is a huge passion of mine. So I'm so grateful. Like, every day I got to go there and do this great job and this amazing character with these unbelievable women and Bill Fichter. And that's not a line. Like, I really feel that way. And I'm also really pissed because... You know, it, it, we had great ratings, and I'm just not sure what it, I what the issue was, but I have a feeling it was something way beyond my pay grade about, you know, manipulations between the studio and the network and money right, and right. a bigger piece of the pie and just bullshit like that that has nothing to do with the fact that there's this great show that means a lot to people that they're canceling. So, you know, I mean, we just found out a couple days ago, so I'm still kind of processing all of it. And it will live in syndication. And and the craziest thing about it is it will really help. It really will help people. It'll make people feel less isolated, which is, I think so too, an incredible thing. And also this year, um, you know, I knew that your sister died in August and, um, which I feel, you know, very badly about, but we, we seem to be losing so many people all the time. Yes, I know. And, um, and I, and I listened to you on, um, on, uh, rehab confidential talking a little bit about, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that she had died from addiction and alcoholism. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, we just lost like one of my, you know, one of our oldest fans, her, uh, her brother just died. And, and, and you know, oh, last and we, we lose brutal. fans like every, every few months, you know, and, and of course, you know, my co-host died and my best friend died yes. and, and everyone, yeah. everyone goes, uh, so how, how was getting through her death? I mean, it sounds like a callous question, but you know, in terms of being in recovery, uh, does it, well, you know, here's the thing about uh, as anybody who's loved and lost an addict, you know, 
that you lose them long before they die. You know what I mean? Right. So it's this really weird, long grief process of fighting to get them back and they're not coming back. So cutting them off and then you've still lost them and then they die, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, did I, did I do enough? Did I, did, was I there enough? What could I have done? What else could I have done? And, um, you know, for the last 10 years of her life, I every day ask myself, like, you know, when she dies, I want to be able to say to myself, I've done everything I could. And I still don't know what the answer is. I hope it's yes. But like um, the grief is long involved. And then once they die, the addict, that's when all of a sudden you remember who they were before their addiction stole them, you know, and you're like and then you mourn the loss of that person all over again so it's just a weird long you know there's also relief there's also like thank god that's i'm not going to get that call anymore because i just got the call you know (laughs) like you don't have to live in dread of it anymore so it's a really long horrible process that at the end of the day you know i know she's not in pain anymore and she lived her life like in so much pain and she just could never she just couldn't do it she just couldn't do it and um i think she's now you know i think of her as this beautiful my beautiful sister that i lost a long time ago right and were you dreading the phone call for a long time oh yeah my mom and i both you know for years because she was fa- she was dying for so long i mean her alcoholism was so severe she had stage 4 liver failure and her right. kidneys and she you know she was hospitalized a lot and um the year before her death we had put her in hospice for a little while you know cuz she was dying and then all of a sudden you know with her sturdy Midwestern Johnston genes, she rebounded and she lived another year. So, you know, it it was something that was not a surprise, even though it was devastating. And her, you know, her three daughters, she survived by her three young daughters. And so it's, it's, that's been my main focus is them, you know, and trying to help them get through it and know that they still have this person in their life who adores them and would do anything for them so it's just a lot it's you know the thing is being both someone who's struggled very severely with addiction and being the loved one of an addict who lost their life i really understand both sides as i know you do yeah you know being the addict and the loved one and it does give you an interesting perspective on it it totally does and when you say uh did i do enough right Mm-hmm. And when, when it comes down to it, there's nothing we can do. You know what no. I mean? We can, we can. Well, except stay sober. That's about it. <laughs> Absolutely right, right, yeah. right. But it's like, yeah. and, and the idea that you can do something is is the worst part about living in this world of addiction, because yeah. there is no like, oh, well, why didn't you just do this, or why yeah. didn't you just take them there? Because yeah. And then the other thing, it's like when people say everything happens for a reason. I always say everything happens because it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once it yeah, happens, yeah. that's what's what that's the story. And and like when my when Chris died, nobody knew that he was using. So it wasn't yeah, I, like they were waiting for the call and it was it was right. probably so right. traumatic for his family. Like it's crazy. Yes. Um, yeah. when my friend Todd died though, he was always sick. 
um, yeah. sick like your sister. And I, and I went to visit his, yeah. his parents and, um, and they said they were waiting for the call and it gave them some kind of peace, even though that's yeah. just like the cheapest fucking peace in the world. Right. It's like, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just trading horses on misery basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I'm sorry that happened. Um, no, me too. I, you know, I am sorry, but I also, you know, I'm just glad she's not, honestly, I'm so glad she's not in pain anymore. I really am. So there's that. And it does give me comfort, you know? And you can take her love and give it to the kids. You know, that's something that you yeah. can be. You oh, can totally. Be that. We do. I mean, that's the greatest thing is my connection to her daughters. You know, they're such great people and they're so solid and it's just been a great thing for me to have them in my life. So, well, I, I think that's that. And that's something that you can do for your sister after she's gone. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a real thing. I mean, it sounds very schmaltzy to me, but it's totally. No, it's it totally is. You know, thing. I also I struggled with sort of talking about it or letting people know that she died from addiction, you know, because in my family, that's such a shameful thing. You know, addiction and it's so misunderstood. But I just came out and, and talked about it because. I, I was like, that's what I want to do for my sister. Like, I want to be able to talk about her death and her amazing life. And that's, I think, a way of honoring her. You know, maybe someone out there will hear it and they'll recognize it and it'll help them. Who knows? If nothing else, every person who dies from this thing, uh, somebody else who's using needs to hear about it. You know, exactly. I feel like, exactly. I mean, I mean, that's why we got sober. You know, my, I got sober by reading, you know, by certainly no small amount by reading some Augustine Burroughs and connecting to his story. So, you know, I think the more people write and talk about it, the more it helps people. Right. I mean, I, I keep, I, I, for us, you know, it was like, it was never supposed to become this show. Like Dopey was never yeah. supposed to be a show the way it is now. But right. things happen the way they did, and like I try mm. to keep uh, everybody who's gone in the show so that anybody who's out there using knows that this could happen. I mean, when when mm. Chris was alive, we would talk about it on the show all the time that we're kind of like idiots, you know, that we didn't think it could kill us, and then it killed him. Yes. So yeah, it's yeah, cra- it's crazy to even think about it, even for a second, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Was he? Did he have a relapse, and that's what happened? He he was I mean he had four and a half years and then his girlfriend found him dead. Um, oh my god! Yeah, that happens so much because I guess people think their tolerance is still where it was when the, they were last using. I've heard that that's what happens to people. He, he so they a, take the amount. He had a little a little run, and uh, yeah, and he went berserk, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, and it killed him. And uh, yeah. it's just. It's bizarre because the sh- I, I didn't take his name off the show and I, I, I mentioned him on every episode and it's because yes. it's his show. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think yeah, his, yeah. his death, just like your sister, to honor his death as well as his life, uh, it, it's, it, it's to give value to it. Mm-hmm. It's to give yeah. value to her and it's to give value to him. Um, totally. Now, yeah. I'm a big follower of yours on Twitter and uh for <laughs> you yes poor me yeah. and you are a very avid uh political person right you are vested <laughs> no. in this that thing. actually has only happened recently since trump was elected i used to never talk about politics 
Well, did you feel like it consumed you this year? Like to a, yes. a like a crate like unhealthy. Yeah. Like I've had to pull back from it. I mean, it, definitely the last few months of uh, 2020, last six months, I was just like, and then after Biden won, like I've tried, I've been trying to not post so much, like mostly dog videos at this point. <laughs> but right. I mean, every now and then I'll say something snarky, but uh, for the most part, I'm trying to chill out because it just gets me so angry. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's not good for me. Let me chill out about all this stuff. And that's like the self-righteous anger, right? Like enjoying, it's like hate watching. Or yes. Like- well, there's certainly an addictive element to social media for sure. Uh. Um, but you know, it doesn't kill you, thank God. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's you can just get so wrapped up in it, and then there's something to get angry about every day. And so, you know, for addicts, I think we have to stay stay away from all the super highs and super lows. Yeah, um, totally. So I've I, been trying to do that lately. I, I, I swear, I use social media like I used to use cigarettes, and I'm just like, I feel the need to look at this shit. Like I'm going to get some sort of relief from it or I'm going to get a It's so, it is so empty. But you know, there's also this part of it. And this is why I joined in the first place. Um, you know, it's, I'm sure you get this, like there's just a great ad- addiction community out there too. So yeah. that's part of the reason why I love it. But also, yeah, I mean, it's also crazy. I mean, I don't really read a lot of comments if after I post things because everyone ha- is a fucking critic. And everyone's like, no, you, what you meant to say is, you know. Uh, so I try to stay away from all that if I can. Well, people actually like what you post, though. I post stuff and nobody fucking cares. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like so sad. It's like, well, and, then, and then like if somebody does like it, you get a little bit high. But not high enough. It's like fuck. All right, up. I'll like I'll like your stuff. I'll like your you stuff. like my worst stuff, and like and you and, and I, when I post something ridiculous, that's when you're like, I like that. <laughs> oh my god, totally. It's, I, I have the weirdest sense of humor. I'm always that person in the theater who laughs when literally not one other person's laughing. I do the same thing. My my <laughs> my daughter was in the same daughter who's terrified of you breaking up our family. <laughs> Uh, was in was in covid really rosy right so it's like 10 people in the audience and it's like four kids on stage all wearing masks six feet apart and stuff you know oh my god yeah and uh and every joke i would miss and every weird thing i would start laughing like robert de niro at cape fear (laughs) and after the after the play Nora's like daddy why do you laugh in all the wrong spots Just, That's exactly me. It's so embarrassing. And not just like quietly giggle. Too. Like I will guffaw at the wrong moment. It's so weird. Like why did – I mean it's like it catches me and then I so want the laugh. You know, the laugh is so beautiful <laughs> yeah. to laugh. It's yeah. the best yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, You know? Yeah. Oh, it's and so too funny. rare. Really too rare. Especially right now. You know, I mean laugh is about like community. You know, like – you know, because you inspire each other. Someone's laughing so you're like, what's funny? But – you know, when you're not around people, you can't see plays or concerts or go to AA meetings. Like, it's so weird. You know, you're at home. I'm like laughing at the office by myself. You know, I'm like, this is so weird waking my dogs up because I'm laughing so hard. I was laughing watching mom. It, it's medicine. It is. It is. Yeah. It's laughter is it's deep medicine. If I have yeah, a is. terrible day. Right. If And, and most yeah. of my days feel like terrible days because they feel so long and I work yeah. at home. I mean, I have two yeah. kids at home. It's like by the end of the yeah. day, I'm like, holy shit. 
Um, oh, I don't know how you people with kids are doing it right now. I really don't. Like, seriously, I, I bow to you. Well, I really do. There's ups Having and down. Having young kids at home is, is really hard right now. There's ups and downs. Do ups. stuff. It's so hard. It, it's ups and downs. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like, it's too much kid time. And I, and I, I mean, I love, it's like we talk about hate watching or hate reading or hate tweeting. Mm-hmm. I love hate loving my kids. It's like my, <laughs> it's like my favorite thing. It's like so much joy in that. Um, yes, totally. You know, like last night I slept with my, my, I have a two year old and I slept with her and she Aww. in the hotel and she's like waking me up to tell me she's tired, which is just awesome. <laughs> but you know, it's like, it, it's as bad as it is good. And what I was going to say is like at the end of a miserable day, when you feel beaten, someone can say something that triggers the biggest yeah. laugh. You know, yes, exactly. And, and gets- like I can remember I've never laughed harder in my life than I did in rehab. I mean, I still remember the like the first time I laughed sober. <laughs> like I, it was the greatest feeling in the world. It really was. Right, cuz you have the cuz you forgot you could even do it. I you forgot you could do it and you forgot how good it felt. I love that. I love that. And, and yeah. I, I another thing for me was that I would laugh and when I I, I smoked so many cigarettes, right? That oh, yeah. That I couldn't laugh. <laughs> you, yes, totally. You, you can turn into that, like, woman from something about Mary, like, yeah. laugh cough. Exactly. Yeah, it's horrible. Yes, I was exactly the same one. And I, yeah. and I was like, I got to quit smoking, and I didn't want to stop smoking, and I would laugh and start – and I couldn't have yeah. a real laugh. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's one of the reasons I quit, too. I was like, this is mortifying. I can't be, like, at 45, one of those, like – you know, Miami Beach women. <laughs> leather leather <laughs> skin, laugh, laugh, cough. Yes. The very... laugh, cough. Horrible. Yes. Oh, Kristen Johnson, this has been a joy for me. I, it's... it's always so fun. Like, I love communicating with you. I'm no longer going to send you heart emojis. No, I need but, the hearts. Um... I need the hearts and the, and I need the red <laughs> kisses. I need both. And you need the likes on Twitter. All right. I'll do my best. All right. Well, you are a, a great friend of the show and i appreciate you no, and- i love you guys i love what you do right. thanks for having me on again thank you Kristen, and you'll hear okay. from me and keep sending me the emojis we'll just fuck with Nora i will a little bit. i will fuck it okay all right <laughs> okay bye thank you wasn't that an amazing appearance by Kristen johnston that was great um she's a true true friend to the show you know and uh did you ever watch her show mom I, you know, when I got sober, my first sponsor said, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but there's a sitcom that you should watch. And it's like a corporate network sitcom, but it's really good. And I was like, oh, I don't want to watch it. I'm, I'm not really into sitcoms. And I watched it and I really loved it. And I was like, that was like, you know, in the first few months, you know, he, he told me to watch the Bill W. story on the Hallmark Channel. And he told me to watch Moms. And I, I watched a bunch of them. I don't know if I've seen them all, but yeah, it's really good. I loved Mom. And you know what I just thought about, though? Like, before yeah. we had started recording and Nora came up uh, yeah. because I have to take her to acting class. And I just imagine Nora or Susan listening to this episode where I talked about you using some man's mouth like a straight man <laughs> uses a pussy. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, that's terrible. You know, like, I'm a, I'm a little bit ashamed of myself, right? This show is rated X now. I blame you for that. I really do. Thank um, you. This morning I'm on. Uh, You're welcome. Kristen Johnson was awesome, and uh, you know, it's amazing that, to me that she wants to be a part of Dopey. Isn't it cool? That 
that play she was in was much filthier. It's unbelievable what they said in that play. They couldn't do it today. It's so dirty and politically incorrect and just insane what they did in that play. Well, I predict um, that things like that play are going to come back now that New York is dead, and they're going to have to launch all sorts of experimental theater, which, I mean, I think that play sounded cool as hell. I mean, that play, the audience for that play was like the freakiest downtown New York crowd that had seen everything, and their jaws were dropping at what went on in that play. Well, I think, I mean... I think that it might be the time to start doing live dopey in New York City uh, in a shoebox theater where we get randos to come up and tell dopey stories. Uh, I think that's great. I think it might be time for that. And that might bring back the tourists to New York. Yeah. Theater for the new city or uh, um, uh, La Mama. I foresee live dopey events coming soon. Um, This morning. I was on the phone for Katz's, and uh, and the phone rings, you know, and it's this yeah. old man, and I swear to God, he sounded uh, like William Burroughs, and um, he's like, he's like, my pastrami and corned beef arrived, but I did not receive the chopped liver. And I hope that you will not be charging me for shipping for the chopped liver. That's a terrible William Burroughs. <laughs> I but no, it's, it sounds pretty good. You know what it is? It's it's an accent from the past. And like we're old enough now that accents or voices can seem like from the past. I predict a time when there is a narcotics apparatus designed to stop addicts from living freely and he goes he goes so are you going to charge me for the shipping if it's under a hundred dollars i said no sir free shipping for you and the chopped liver is on its way and he went thank you um, so that was my that was my <laughs> like, William Burroughs guy. Like four score and seven years ago. Well, I uh, but you're right. It was an accent from the past, and I love that stuff. And it's like um, Lar- Larchmont Lockjaw, you know, you don't hear that anymore. What's Larchmont Lockjaw? It's like it's Thurston Howell the Third. Do it, lovey. Look, you know, I want to go to the bar and get martinis. You know, you don't hear that's a real accent that people used to have and now it's gone. Right. People people went to voice that accent was considered uh proper and the of a like money people and people would go to voice coaches to learn to speak like that. Right, the high class accent. It's like in England yeah. like when when Keith Moon was trying to do the the upper class accent yeah. thing. Um All right, so there's a, exciting news. Do you want to hear the exciting news? What is it? We have two entries for the brainwashed coffee contest. Finally. And you, my friend, get to be the judge. So are you ready? Yeah. Oh, we're going to do it today? We're going to do it now. Okay, cool. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you want to hear from dopey legend and potential mouth that you want to fuck like a vagina, Matthew (laughs) Wiedemeyer Carroll? Or do you want to hear from the new girl, Ashley, first? Let's hear the new girl. Okay, hold on. I feel like God now. That's, well, don't let it go to your head, Ray. Come on. (laughs) Get a grip. 
Let's see. Okay. I couldn't think of a story that I could really fit into three minutes long, but I think I can compress this one. So when I was 23 years old, um, I was on supervised probation. I had an ankle monitor on, and I used to take these three guys um, up to the city, to Baltimore, to score dope. To score dope and um, it was an old guy and his two kids. So he was probably like 50, and the kids were 19 and 14, and they were all fucking strung out. And I used to take them up to the city. They would do their Home Depot hustle for copper wire and whatever. We'd take it and break it down and get high. So this one day they called me asking me to take them to the city. And I had told them before, don't you ever bring me up here to rob nobody in a car. We had already robbed everybody on foot. And uh, so they said they had some money. I took them up there. We're going down Pratt Street right by the harbor where the nice folks live. And the kid in the back, Matt, goes... We've got to pull some grimy shit. And I was like, what do you mean? And they just were quiet. And I said, how much dope are you getting? And he was like, five grams. I said, and how much money you got? Nothing. I was like, oh, fuck. They, we pulled into this Victorian neighborhood. And I was like, yo, whoever's serving us, like, doesn't live here. There's no way. And sure as shit. No, granted, okay, I've got an ankle monitor on. I'm wearing, like, Daisy Duke shorts. My ass is hanging out. I've got on five-inch stilettos thinking I'm fucking cute with an ankle monitor on. And the guy, the older guy, is like, look, let me drive. And when we get to this neighborhood, this souped-up Buick pulls up behind us in my stock bullshit, piece-of-shit Honda Civic with bunk tags. And the guy says, look, leave the car and drive, pull the e-brake, and leave the door ajar. I'll be right back. So he goes back there and gets in this souped-up Buick with blacked-out windows. And it felt like forever. But a couple seconds later, I hear his footsteps running back to the car. And I hear this dude go, shoot that white boy. Dude jumps in the car and fucking takes off. And sure as shit, yep, they follow us. We're going 80 miles an hour through the streets of downtown Baltimore. Fucking, it's raining. We're hydroplaning. This guy is driving my car like a fucking NASCAR racer, and these people are right on our ass. At one point, we passed a cop that was waiting on a left-hand turn, and both of us, it was like Wile E. Coyote, us and the drug dealers behind us, like, slowed down to 40 and as soon as he was out of sight, we sped back up to 80. We were cutting side streets, but they knew the city just as well as he did. And they would be right behind us. Like, And I was in the fucking floorboards. This is the one time in my life that I really believed 100% I was going to die. I was not going to survive this. So we hit 695, and they followed us onto the highway. When we got onto the highway, they started shooting at us, hanging out the window. A bitch and two dudes hanging out the window, shooting at my car. I was like, they're going to shoot my tires out. This is how we're going to die. Well, eventually, we hit the exit for 70, and they missed it because my the driver did some fucking NASCAR shit that he deserves a medal for. And we pulled over. Each of us got our gram, and we got high. Um... And it's really no mystery how we got it. He punched the dude in his face, broke his nose, grabbed the dope, and ran. And that's my crazy story. And I love coffee. Give me coffee. Love your show. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Doodles. Amazing. You ready? Okay. I, I, I think she might have won. Well, luckily we have a couple pounds. So uh, you ready for Matt? Matt's story? Yeah, I don't... Matt, I love How you. How could he top that? I don't. I, I think I should have played Matt's first. But here we go. We're gonna get give you Matt. Okay, hold on. Where is he? Unless Matthew like has guns and something and 
shoots at cops. I have that fucking dope, dopey, 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 dopey <laughs> in my fucking head all day. <laughs> oh shit, it's gone. Matt's is gone. It like timed oh, out. No. It turns out we don't have Matt's fucking voicemail. He texted it to me. I guess MP3s over text occasionally time out. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, so resend it, Matt. So maybe next week you can resend it, and I think you're, you know now that you're going to have to bring something a bit more fiery to compete with Ashley. So, Ashley, congratulations. You're going to be getting a pound of brainwashed coffee, courtesy of Ray Brown, and brainwashed coffee. And if you want it, brainwashed coffee, like, it's a little company. They give 50% of all their profits to, to addiction uh, recovery stuff. And I'm proud to give you guys, or give you, Ashley, a pound of the coffee. Matt, you should have fucking emailed it. Fucking slacking Matt. Typical shit. Typical Iowa shit right there. <laughs> I wonder if Matt's story has guns in it. I don't... I, I don't Shooting. I, I, well, let's find out. Matt, you got to up your game now. Good deal. Ashley, congratulations. Now, Ray, last week, I was telling you a story. I was making a great... Uh, joke about Katz's and Dominicans, and I didn't finish the joke. Um, but it occurred to me that last week uh, I got to go to the city. Actually, tomorrow I'm going to the city again. Um, and one of my favorite things about going to the city is to see all the guys at Katz's. And weeks before, like every guy at Katz's now, all these Dominican guys are just on their phones. And what they're doing on their phones, what would you imagine they were doing on their phones, right? Uh, looking at porn? No, that's what you would be doing. You know what they're doing? <laughs> they're trading stocks. They're Whoa, all on wow. the fucking Robin Hood. They're on Robin Hood, yeah. Buying crypto, selling crypto, taking Bitcoin options. Bitcoin is crazy, yeah. That French guy has $12,000 in Bitcoin. He paid $2,000 for it. Brilliant. And he got uh, the other one, the, uh, the GameStop. He's into GameStop also. He made a fortune. Well, all these guys are, are very shrewd Wall Street players at this point. And one of them is so shrewd. Uh, he's one of my, like, personal heroes. His name is Charlie. He's a manager at Katz's. And he owns a juice bar at the uh, Essex Street Market. And he also runs an embroidery company. Charlie's company, it's called Stitchworks. And they make all the dopey hats. They make all the Oive hats, too. And, oh. um, and, uh... So so three weeks ago or something, Charlie's like, I, we we all put in an order to get a smoothie. And I order my favorite smoothie, which is obviously peanut butter, banana, and almond milk. And hours go by. And I'm like, dude, where the fuck is the smoothie? I want to get out of here. And he goes, he goes, why don't you go get everybody's smoothie? So I had to walk down to Essex Street. Uh, I tell the lady at the smoothie shop that I'm going to pick up the smoothies. She gives me an egg crate. And 15 smoothies, and I have to carry an egg crate full of smoothies back up to Katz's. 15? What do you have? What container do you have? She gave me an egg crate, like a milk crate. Like a oh, milk crate. Oh, milk crate. And, uh, and I was like, what the fuck happened? And I get back, and I give everybody their smoothies, and I figure I'll get a free smoothie because I delivered them. And he's like, yeah. fuck that. He's like, give me seven bucks. So <laughs> I gave him the money. And then last week... I went to go pick up the new uh, blue and orange and blue and red dopey hats. Yeah. And I was like, Charlie, you're going to have the guy come down with the with the hats. And he's like, no, why don't you go pick it up? 
So I go, I go with Willie to, uh, you know, we talked about it last week, the projects yeah. on Avenue C and, um, the dude who makes the hats is like a legend of the lower East side who calls himself freaky fridge and, and freaky fridge probably weighs, you know, around 300 pounds. He probably used to weigh around 500 pounds. So like oh. he, he had cancer. He's homebound. He is a legend of the Lower East Side. He he um he sells clothing that says "I'm everywhere" with a fat likeness of himself on it, and and he has people all over the world with "I'm everywhere" shit, and they send him pictures of themselves with his stuff. So I go to his apartment, you know, in the projects. He has a home attendant, and I go into his apartment, and it's him, just shorts, no shirt gigantic breasts, gigantic belly, fucking pressing these hoodies that say Dominican Whoa. cravings. You know, Dominican cravings. Like, it's like fucking walking into Carlito's way, except instead of bagging up Coke, he's <laughs> making hoodies. And uh, Fridge, of course, when I get there, he's like, oh, yo, Dave, I got your hats. And I'm like, great. Then he says, oh, yeah, Charlie wanted, it, wanted me to uh, make sure he got his hoodies. So guess who had to carry two huge oh, garbage no. bags of hoodies back to Katz's? Oh, jeez. I'm, I'm at Fridge. Yeah, he's a legend of the Lower East Side. What would you think so of him? So if you Google Freaky Fridge, will you find his shirts? Or I'm everywhere. Freaky Fridge. Freaky Fridge, but no D in Fridge. F-R-I-G-E. Oh, okay. um, I'm look it up. Google him on Instagram. Freaky Fridge, Lower East Side legend. But, of course, I'm the, the Dominican's bitch... And I'm carrying these huge garbage bags back to Katz's that say Dominican cravings on all of the hoodies. And, um, and then I got the hats. And the hats are pretty sweet, you know. The, and they are not gator colors. They are Nick's colors, which happen to also be gator colors. But the joke that I was trying to tell last week where I was telling you how they all say. You say manine. But they say my knee. They say, dimelo my knee. Que lo que. Que fue. Blah, blah, blah. And um, and I thought it was the funniest thing because it sounded to me like my knee, like my knee. And I, so I made right. this stupid joke and I said, I said, I said, yo, what if somebody said this to you? Could you tell me what happened? I would say this to Ray, who's a Dominican guy who works on the grill. I would say, yo, uh, me and my knee went rollerblading this weekend and yo, my knee got fucked up. <laughs> so what happened? Did his friend fall down and get hurt, or did he hurt his knee? Or both, all of the above. Yes, it's not. It's a very corny dad Dominican joke. Thank you for laughing at it. I appreciate that. <laughs> you like the joke. <laughs> yeah. What's better, the joke or my fucking terrible William Burroughs impression? Four score and seven years ago, <laughs> the narcotics industry. So you think he sounds like a like an old colonialist, colonist kind of guy? Colonial. He, he sounds of. like when you hear a recording of like Theodore Roosevelt talking. You know. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I I, to- I wish I had met Burroughs. You know, I I could have met Burroughs. I I used to see Ginsburg around all the time, and like I was too shy to like introduce myself. But he, I'm sure he would have liked to talk to like. A young me. I'm sure he would have loved to use your mouth like a straight man uses a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Giorno, Burroughs. I saw those guys all the time. Well, again, it was a different world. And I foresee uh, a new New York rising from the ashes of COVID. I really do. I really, really do. 
we don't know what's going to happen with all these office buildings, but maybe they'll be turned to my my niece that lived in Bushwick, you know, when Bushwick was Bushwick. She says she wants to return to New York because Midtown is going to become the new Bushwick. All those empty office towers. It's a fascinating idea. Or it could go total apocalyptic like Judge Dredd time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to do a, a review. Do you want to hear the good review or the bad review before we, before we end this thing? The good review. All right. The good review says, addicting as the drug stories, et cetera, that they discuss on the show. I have been a recovering <laughs> opiate addict since 07 and have been high listening to this show and sober. Meaning the show gets him oh, high, yet him he's high, sober. Yeah. A listener since the beginning, pretty much. Awesome stories about past drug use and recovery. Always excited when a new episode is available. Long love Dopey, which he spells Doppy Nation. Toddles, which he means toodles. Only for Chris, RIP. You will understand once you listen. ZMJ Las Vegas. P.S. I have great Dopey stories. I'll call in. Awesome. Call in with the dopey. Now, there's a guy or girl whose handle is ADOCOG. By the way, yeah. how do you like he's misspelling dopey and toodles? Doppy yeah. toodles. Doppy toddles. Doppy toddles. <laughs> so, oh, I forgot to put you on Zoom. That's okay. Um, all right. And then this is, this is from ADOCOG, right? AD hates us. Well, eighty sent in a one-star review, oh. I want to say a year ago. And then for some reason on February 13th of 2021, he or she re-entered the, the review. Okay? Yeah. You understand? Didn't he they, she put didn't it they in, could do that. She put it in again, or he put it in again. <laughs> what she says, listen to Chris's episode episodes. Uh, unfortunately, this was never about... Recovery or addiction for Dave. Dave parlayed the only thing he was good at, junkie, to try and be famous. He tried to get famous people from Sopranos instead of junkies and OG guests like Chris, R.I.P., tried to do. Toodles, spelled correctly, for Chris. I unsubscribed recently. He started a paid subscription podcast because nobody would pay for advertising. Sad. So there's people pay for advertising. I wonder if ADOCOG is still listening because they re-entered the review. Yeah, they just wanted to hate some more. Is that? I think this might be gaslighting. Listen, ADOCOG, suck a dick. Listen to another <laughs> fucking podcast. Go do something I else. Go I think f- the, the, the advertising makes more money than the Patreon, doesn't it? I don't know. It's close. Support Dopey. Fuck you, A-D-O-C-O-G. We and love you, A-D. Come back. No, you don't. Try us again. He doesn't mention Ray. You know, he doesn't say anything about <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, A-D has not heard me on the show. They don't Dude, know. Dude, A-D fucking heard you, and he put this that's up when, again. That's when they quit. That's when they quit, when they heard me. They were like, uh-oh. He's like, I don't, I don't want Ray to use my mouth like a straight man uses a pussy. Like this show isn't funny anymore. They heard me crying and they turned, they, they unsubscribed. It was too emotional. Anyway, that's ADOCOG. So what I really want you guys to do is uh, go on iTunes, leave a five star review. Don't, don't fucking talk shit. It makes my dad happy. Mention Ray. It makes Ray happy. 
But more importantly, follow us on Instagram because we're about to hit 10,000 followers. And if we have 10,000 followers on Instagram, we could do something different, some exciting. You're, you're official, I think. No, you're not official, but you can swipe up. You can do this shit with the stories. I don't know. It'll look good. 10,000 will, will be a nice number. And um, make my dad happy, blah, blah, blah. Wouldn't um, that be funny if I subscribed and that made it 10,000? Well, you should just subscribe. Like, <laughs> that's that's you for some Thank reason. God. Passive. That's you somehow passive aggressively um, letting me I know. Letting me know that you don't subscribe to us on I uh, think I am subscribed. On Instagram. Wow. Yes. Ray, please uh, follow us on Instagram. It's not even subscribing. You just have to follow us. Um, considering there's pictures of you all over the place. Anyway, uh, before we go, I want to read this email from an anonymous ex-junkie. She tells, you know, she's in recovery. She has three and a half years clean. Uh, She stopped using in California, and she wrote this really cool story, and I'm going to read it. It's called The Raid, okay? Yeah. It's 1996, and I am 18, in my first use my first year of using IV amphetamines, completely consumed by the need to use, working as a stripper and sex worker to fund my habit. I just got evicted from my share house because my flatmate spent all our rent money on acid, but that's a story for another time. So now I am living with my new boyfriend, who I only met a few weeks earlier at a nightclub. My boyfriend introduces me to a girlfriend of his. We become junkie friends right away, spending hours shooting up and chatting and smoking. Soon she moves into my boyfriend's house, too, and the three of us share one bed. It works well because I work nights and they work day jobs. We score and use together in the evenings when they get home from work, and then I go to work later. On weekends, we party all weekend, not sleeping, just using speed, ecstasy, acid, benzos, weed, and drinking. The friend has a beat-up old car that we cruise around in to score drugs. We pick up clean needles from the needle exchange. We go to parties and clubs and buy cold and flu tablets from pharmacies to give the meth cook in exchange for drugs. Oasis, Chemical Brothers, Robert Miles, and Fat Boy Slim blasting from the stereo as we run around town. Long runs follow t- followed by terrible comedowns where we eat cheap pizza, drink beer, take benzos, and smoke weed until we crash sleeping for days. One of our regular dealers lived just down the street. This is before mobile phones were really common. So we walked down to the corner near his house, used the public payphone to call him, wait around until the time, and then go around the corner to his house. So my friend and I head around the corner to his house one afternoon. Usually we just go in to get our shit and leave. The dealer is an intense guy, psychotic and paranoid from speed. He has a greasy ponytail and a wiry body. His girlfriend is beautiful, a tall blonde who is diabetic. She uses speed and heroin and is friendly enough, but is also wary of us. The day after we score, we decide to do a shot right there at the house with him. Uh, There is a bedroom off the lounge with the biggest sharp spin I have ever seen. It's like the one you would see in a hospital. There were needles everywhere overflowing out of that bin. And that's where we go to shoot up. I am no nonsense when it it comes to shooting up. I can get it done in no time. I carry around my own equipment in a little suitcase, like an old kid's uh, lunch case. Old school kid's lunch case. 
I am all done with my shot, feeling high, relaxed, and tweaking all at the same time. Breathing deeply, uh, from where I am sitting on the edge of the futon, I can see out through the lounge room through the front windows of the house. The blinds are down, but through the gaps I see movement. My stomach flips, my adrenaline surges, and I just know that there are cops outside. My survival instincts kick in. In one smooth moment, I put my hand up my skirt, shove our recently acquired bag of drugs deep into my vagina, and throw all of my equipment out of my bag onto the floor. At the same time, the cops burst through the front door with police dogs shouting, guns drawn. The dealer jumps out the back window and makes a run for it with his backpack full of drugs. This just leaves the dealer's girlfriend, my friend and I, in the house. We are all sitting in the lounge room, the cops taking us each aside to interrogate us about the drug dealing happening in the house. My friend and I were just there to visit my friend and I say we're just there to visit our friend for a coffee. We don't know anything about the drugs. The dealer's girlfriend says she is diabetic and needs to check her sugar and take her insulin shot. The cops can obviously see that there are more needles here than a diabetic would use in ten years. The cops say they need to search us for drugs, and a woman cop takes me into the bathroom and strip searches me. She is embarrassed by my lack of underwear as I take off my long sleeve top and long skirt. I bend over, spread my cheeks, squat down, and cough, following all of her directions without saying a word. With no shame, the drugs stay snugly in place. I know she can't do an internal search unless she arrests me, but she has nothing to arrest me for. I smile smugly. My arms are covered in track marks, old yellow bruises, fresh blue bruises, red marks, bumps from missed shots. I am thin, my collar bones and ribs visible. It is clear that I am an IV drug addict. The cops look at me with a mix of pity and annoyance and ask me why I am doing this and tells me there is help available if I need it, trying to play the good cop, making me feel safe to tell her what she wants to hear. I look at her with a deadpan expression and say, I don't know what she means. The cops keep us in the house for hours as they search for the drugs, but all they find are needles and some baggies. As none of us live, as none of us live at the address, they have to let us go. Finally, we walk out the front door and we split up. The dealer's girlfriend gets in her sports car and takes off. My friend gets in her car and says she'll call me later. And I go to the phone box around the corner to call our house to warn my boyfriend to clean the house, which is our code phrase if we get busted. I then slowly walk home, making sure I am not followed by the cops, pleased that I manage to keep my drugs and avoid being arrested. I cannot wait to do another shot. I find out later that the dealer has been caught, arrested, and charged, and he goes to jail. I am told that he thinks that I was somehow connected to the police raid on his house, that I was an informant or something, which was not the case at all. Just the wrong place at the wrong time. When he got out of jail, he told my boyfriend that he never wanted to see my face again and I had better stay away from him. I did, and I didn't see him again for years until we ran into each other on the same street one day. He looked, we looked right through each other and kept walking. And that is from... Uh, Shayla, it's pretty great, right? That was intense. Right? It's a nice story. Where, where does she live? Do you know? Um, yeah, I do. She, um, she writes from an anonymous ex-junkie. Uh, thank but, you, Dave, Chris, 
RIP and the entire Dopey Nation for the laugh, solidarity, distraction, constant companionship. You are never more than an arm's reach away right there in my phone whenever I need to feel less alone or ashamed or more hopeful that a life in recovery is not only possible but can be a life worth living. I have three and a half years clean. I stopped smoking, drinking, and drugs all on the same day. I got clean in a 10-day outpatient program at an NAD plus clinic in San Diego with Dr. Phil Milgram, a great guy. Oh, you know San who that Diego. is? Um, I went to smart recovery meetings because I didn't vibe with AARNA. I joined a choir. I ate a lot of ice cream. I saw a psychologist. I used meditation apps, and a constant in my recovery has been the Dopey Podcast. I started listening to Dopey after I read Emily's Vice article after Chris died. I listened to a few current episodes at the end of 2018 and then went back to episode one. And now I am up to episode 174. She, she's pre-Ray Brown uh, oh, yeah. w- with Jamie Lee Curtis and the Human Race Story. Through 2020, I lived nostalgically through past Dopey episodes before COVID, before lockdown and isolation. Um, so that's her. Uh, we're calling her Chalidoscope. Or Chayla. You know, I thought you said, I thought she said, um, we went into the other room and it had the largest shark spin you've ever seen. And I was just had a picture in my mind of a giant shark spin on the wall. No, it was like a bin where you throw a shark, like, a shark spin. But yeah. also, like, how did she dance with tracks all over her arms? I wonder how she covered that up. I'm sure she used makeup. But let's, I mean, like, if she ever gets up to this episode, which is 110 episodes away. Yeah, that'll be in. 2023 yeah if she can, if she stays with us she can let us know how she could be a dancer with with all the bruises and track marks but i love that email it's inspiring when people send in detailed emails voicemails uh it's the best right ray yeah so that was uh, a good one she gets a pound of coffee no she doesn't get it what are you giving away the coffee <laughs> oh, wait that has to be a voicemail the voicemail has it has to be a three minute voicemail where you mention the coffee. So yeah, I'll Matt Matt sent me a voicemail. We'll save it for next week or the week later. Sorry, Matt, you fucking blew it this week. Um, Ray, what do you want to say about doing the next right thing and all that stuff before we go? Oh, now you want to say it? Oh, we were we we were talking earlier about um, uh, trying to get like a hit off of like likes on Facebook, and it's all kind of the same thing of like. Just trying to fill that that void, fill 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 that hole. And I was looking up the four noble truths of Buddhism, and it's like, life is suffering. Suffering is caused by desire. You can end suffering by ending desire. And the way you, the fourth noble truth is the way you end desire is by right choices, right occupation, right thoughts, right actions, and and so forth. And that's like. That's it in a nutshell of, like, that's how you achieve, like, happiness in life. Right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. I thought you weren't a Buddhist. I, I am a Buddhist. Of course, I told you. I thought, I, you said the, you, I thought you said you weren't a Buddhist. I went to Sarnath. I went to the Deer Park. So you are a Buddhist. Well... I guess you're not a Buddhist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, we can any those are good principles for anyone to follow and they apply a lot to people in recovery. Well, that's a very nice note to leave us on. And I want to say if you're going to fuck somebody in the mouth, make sure you do it the way a straight person would use a pussy. <laughs> 
Toodles for Chris. Chris. I also, wait, no, no, but before we go, (laughs) I want to say that uh, I agree with all that Four Noble Truths, right action and all that good stuff. I also want to say, like, when you consume good shit, you feel better. When you do the next right thing, you feel better. When you look out for the next person, you feel better. Um, it's it's just that's the way it goes. That's noble truths, right? Yeah, it works a lot better that way than the other way. And the other way is very easy to fall into. Like if you're on you scruff to, or you're eating grilled cheese sandwiches with raisin yeah. bread, all that shit. No, you have to do it every day. You have to reassess it every day and assess what you did at the end of the day. Was it right or was it not right? All right do you want to take us out? Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Fucking toodles for Chris. Did you have fun, Ray? Yeah, it was fun. Short short and sweet. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Um, now we got to do... Um, okay. Oh, better help. Yeah. It's so cold in my apartment. You would. I'm dressed in, like, much more than I was last time. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> It'll come on eventually. Oh, do you know the band Cat Empire? No. You would love them. I'll send you a link. It's like re- uh, uh, reggae, ska, salsa. It's so good. Okay. I went to see them like 10 years ago. They're, they're still great. How do you know they're still great? Because I, I actually looked to see if they're going to go on tour in America and I saw like recent stuff they did just before uh, uh, lockdown. They're kind of like the dead and that like they haven't had a hit record in years, but that has not affected their live attendance. People just go cause it's so great. All right. You're sort, of, sort of a jam band. All right. I'll check them out. Um, so before we play this amazing conversation that I got to have with Kristen Johnston, I just want to mention BetterHelp.com. You love BetterHelp.com, don't you? I went to BetterHelp.com, and it was great. And I was really nervous about going, but it, 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 was, it was great. And it was very affordable. It is very affordable. Let's face it. It's a scary world we're living in right now. We're wondering when we will be able to socialize without distance. Oh, this is kind of old, right? Fuck that. Um, There's so many things in the world that are scary, and it's so much easier to not be afraid of stuff when we get to talk. And BetterHelp is the convenient way to get professional help from licensed therapists and counselors online. Uh, There are over 10,000 professionals to choose from who are licensed, trained, and highly experienced. Um, You can match with an available counselor who is the best fit for your needs. Unlimited private one-on-one communication with your therapist. You schedule live sessions with your therapist or counselor, or you can use the Messenger app, and you gain access to constructive educational group webinars. Webinars. It is, uh, it's a scary world. Use BetterHelp.com. You can save 10% with the Dopey code, which is Dopey, and um, it's BetterHelp.com. And again, you go to betterhelp.com and use slash dopey podcast. That's how you get 10% off. I'm going to say that again. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting 
uh, betterhelp.com slash dopey podcast. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Uh, sorry. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's better. H-E-L-P.com slash dopey podcast. Anything else you want to say about BetterHelp, Ray? Uh, they helped me. BetterHelp helped Ray. Let BetterHelp help you. And enough of these ad. Here's Kristen Johnston. Um, one more thing. Um, I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. And I wonder would they pay it any mind. When I leave this busted city far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find, and I want to be good so bad, want to be good so bad, so bad, I want to be good so bad, bad desire's all I ever had, damn it, all these suckers make me mad, and it's all I ever had. It's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had